You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. The yachting industry experienced record yacht sales in 2021, reporting a 71% surge in sales, according to Boat International. Last year's sales figures were the highest ever since records began. In the U.S. alone, there were 415,000 first-time boat buyers recorded in 2021. The boom is fueled by an increased desire to enjoy time on the water with the world's wealthiest realizing the benefits of a superyacht. A luxury yacht offers self-sufficient sanctuary at sea, one that is exclusive and private while enabling the owner and their guests to travel whenever and wherever they desire. My guest on the luxury item is Jonathan Beckett, CEO of luxury superyacht company Burgess Yachts. He is one of the most successful, experienced, and popular yacht brokers in the industry. Beckett joined Burgess at the age of 23, working in Monaco with the company's founder, Nigel Burgess, from 1981 to 1983, before moving to the UK to launch the London operation. Today, as the CEO of one of the world's leading superyacht companies, Jonathan Beckett joins me here to discuss what's driving the booming superyacht business, who's buying and chartering these luxury vessels, how the sanctions on Russia have shaken up his world, and more. Welcome to the luxury item, Jonathan. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. You're here in New York City this week, and um, so thanks for coming over. I know you're based in London, correct? Yes. I've, I, well, I've been based sort of between um, London and Monaco for for the last 15 years, but um, New York is a city that's close to my heart because, you know, I opened the office here in 2004, and it's sort of been my baby ever since, so... I'm about a week a month in in, uh, New York City as well. Well, Burgess is considered one of the most successful and popular luxury yacht brokerage and charter companies in the world. So can you share with my listeners about Burgess's business and its different services that it offers? Yeah, and we're we're a global business. We have 15 offices around the world, um, you know, everywhere from London, Monaco. We have three offices in the States, uh, New York, um, Miami, and Los Angeles. And, you know, as far away as Australia, Dubai, Singapore. Um, so we're a global business dealing across all continents. And we specialize in um, anything to do with, with super yachts. And by super yachts, we're talking about yachts of over about 125, 130 feet. Um, we work from the top end down. So the very largest yachts are um, close to 600 feet in length. And, um, you know, we, we come down to, to, the, to, to the smaller size. We, we do sale and purchase, um, we do charter, we do charter management, we do operational management, um, we do crew, we do insurance, um, really anything, any new construction, anything, uh, if you have a super yacht, then we're the people to talk to because we really take care of everything in a 360 degree way. And how much of your business is charter versus just pure yacht sales? Um, charter is about uh, 25% of our business. Um, yacht management is about 25% of our business. Um, sale and purchase, new construction um, is about 50% of the business. So we're seeing, you know, as the number of billionaires has grown and COVID-19 added to incentives for avoiding crowds, the multi-billion dollar global luxury boat industry rebounded fast, you know, after near paralysis at the onset of the pandemic. 
How was your business initially affected by the global pandemic? Well, we, we were, I have to admit, we were very scared. And, you know, we, we basically saw our business fall off the edge of a cliff where, you know, nobody wanted to buy a yacht. No, certainly nobody wanted to charter a yacht. In fact, they wanted to cancel the charts that they had booked. And um, so our business really stopped dead in its tracks. Uh, the yachts that we were managing, the owners were trying to renegotiate the management fees. Um, and so we, we took a long, hard look at the business and we decided that we were going to do, you know, a big restructuring, which um, has stood us in very good stead, which, um, you know, we, we absolutely had a forensic look at costs in, in every department, in every, in every office. And we managed to cut out a lot of the costs of the business. Um, we sadly had to let um, about 20 people go during that time, which is not our proudest moment. But, you know, we, we looked at everything from travel to advertising, boat shows, right down to, you know, the fruit and biscuits we were buying for staff. Right. And we, we've never, ever done that before. And I think it... It was a great exercise to do in hindsight, and it's left us in a much fitter and leaner, keener state than where we were before we went into the pandemic. So was Burgess digitally prepared to serve your clients at that time? Well, you know, that was, that was a very interesting, you know, moment. You know, we had these sort of video calls every, every day, really, and, and we, I, I issued uh, a weekly um, sort of note to the whole company, basically saying, please don't try and sell any of our clients anything at the moment. Don't try and sell them a yacht. Don't don't try and sell right. them a charter. But please do stay in touch with them. And there's a real art in staying in touch with your client and saying, look, I'm phoning up. I'm I'm not calling to try and sell you anything. I just want to know how you are. How's your family? This is our experience. What's your experience? And you know, we care about you and I'm sure the pandemic will pass one day. And when it passes, then, you know, I'll make that sort of sales call. But right now, you know, our concern is for, for the welfare of you and your family. And what point did that change? Because, you know, if you look at the use of technology really became an integral part of closing deals across many luxury sectors like watches and jewelry and things like yeah. that at that time. So yes, you know, you reach out to your customer to check on their health and things like that. But did it get to a certain point where there was further customer outreach um, to compensate for the lack of in-person yacht visits? Um, there were, you know, there were a number of clients who wanted to actually charter a yacht to isolate on a yacht, for example, mm -hmm. rather than isolate it. You know, if they, if they were living in the middle of New York City or living in the middle of London, you know, what better way than to charter a yacht with a COVID-free crew and go to anchor off Antigua in, in the Caribbean or something like that. So, you know, that, that was an interesting, you know, there weren't, there weren't a whole ton of them, but there were a number of charters that we did, um, which were sort of isolation charters. Um, and then I guess at the end of June, we were in a negotiation to sell a very large yacht, a yacht of between 90 and 100 metres. And we, the boat was actually in Croatia and we, Actually, the boat was it was not in Croatia; it was in in Spain. But we had to move it to Croatia for the bar to look at the boat. And you know, the the seller had a leap of faith and moved the boat. We had to fly privately out to Croatia at that time. Um, we had to 
then get tested for COVID. We had to self-isolate for three days, including the buyers of the boat. But we actually um, successfully concluded that sale so during COVID. And that gave us a real sort of um, boost from, I guess, early September, middle of September 2020. The market suddenly took off and we realized that you know, everyone is sitting at home. They're actually not losing money. They're probably making money or quite a lot of people are. And they see yachting as, you know, why put it off another 10 years when life is short and we should be getting on and enjoying our life now. And what better way than having your own yacht with your own crew, which is a great place to go on holiday. It's a safe place. And so the market suddenly kicked off and we were selling from September, October 2020 through till the end of 2021. We were almost selling a boat a week. It was the most extraordinary period of time. We yeah, were, how did the global shipyards deal with that incredible demand? Uh, well, the, the shipyards all had full order books. You know, suddenly people decided, you know, let, let's go out and build this yacht that we, um, you know, we've been talking about doing for, for the last four or five years. So the shipyards all had full order books. And it was, you know, it was, it's been a great period of time. Um, we sold four yachts sight unseen just by sort of walkthrough videos with, with the buyer live walkthrough videos and, you know, things that we would never have thought possible in, in our previous life. But it just shows you that, you know, this is a different world today. Well, last year's boat shows were the first after a year of virtual COVID impacted events. Yes. What was the mood like at the Monaco Yacht Show and Fort Lauderdale International Boat Shows? I mean, the Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale Boat Show, sadly, I wasn't there because America only opened its borders up. I think it was on the 8th of November. Right. And, and the boat show finished before then. And I tried to get a special sort of dispensation to come over, but um, didn't get it. But I think the Fort, the Fort Lauderdale boat show was, was good. I don't, I don't think there was a lot of foot traffic. I think it was mainly domestic foot traffic at the boat show. But then the Monaco yacht show um, last, last year was a very good show for us. There was probably 30 to 35% less footfall at the show, mm -hmm. which was actually a good thing. I think anybody who came to the boat show last year came with some sort of interest or intent to do something, as opposed to people just thinking, well, I'm, I'll fly down to, to Monaco for the day and go and look at some boats, just because I like boats. Um, so it was the first time we really had a boat show with less footfall and more business. And that was, that was you know, quite eye-opening. And it just shows you, you know, it's not, the, it's not the number of clients that you have at a boat show. It's the quality of clients that matters. And what were like a couple of the big trends that came out of those shows? Again, I think it was more of the same and that people, people were, you know, generally at boat shows, you know, people come and they look and they're interested, but they're not really buying at the boat show. Whereas last year, we did feel that people were coming with an intent to, to try to strike a deal on something. So we actually sold four boats from the boat show last year, which is four more than we would normally expect to sell. <laughs> so it was a great show for us. Now, Burgess saw record-breaking sales last year. Congratulations on that. Were most of those gains coming from the U.S.? About 35 to 40% of our market is is America. It's a very important market for us. Um, it's the biggest market for us. 
having said that, you know, Russia until, you know, Russia and Ukraine was 15 to 20% of our market mm-hmm. prior to the, you know, the, the conflict that's going on there at the moment. Australia is 10% of our market and Europe sort of makes, Middle East and Europe make up the rest. But America is a very, very important market for us. And I'm sure the soaring stock markets, IPOs and SPACs and crypto gains had a lot to do <laughs> with that surge yes. uh, last year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and totally. Was there a big surge in first-time buyers? Um, yes, there was. Yeah, I think uh, a big surge in, um, in people who've been sitting on the fence for a long time, I think, thinking, you know, we, we should buy a yacht, but I'm only 45 years old or I'm 50 years old. You know, I need to run my business and I need, you know, and maybe maybe in five or 10 years time, we'll buy a yacht. And then people got used to working from home or maybe they're working from the office, but nobody else is in the office. Um, and they realize that they it's possible to work remotely as opposed to having to be in the office to conduct a day's business. So that had a big effect on first time buyers, I think, um, thinking, well, you know, why are we putting it off now? You know, we've got the money, um, the kids are of a certain age, and surely now is the time we should go out and enjoy our wealth rather than wait till we're, you know, in our 60s or 70s. And which size vessels has uh, experienced the most growth? You know, it was across the board, very interesting. You know, we, we were selling boats from, you know, we're, we're really 40 metres upwards, but we, we sold quite a few boats between 30 and 40 metres. We sold a lot of boats between... 50 and 70 meters and you know last year we we sold for us as a company a record number of yachts over over 100 million euros which it's a very rarefied market when you get over 100 million dollars 100 million euros um you know, there have only been you know there's been less than 40 deals conducted worldwide by anybody over 100 million euros in the secondhand market I think we closed four last year, which is pretty good. Yacht designers were saying there was an uptick in new owners looking to make their yachts more efficient, asking about the latest innovations in fuel efficiency and in wastewater treatment systems, which can reduce the volume of waste over long passages. And more focused on fast connectivity and solid Wi-Fi so owners can work remotely and more reliably. Are you seeing more buyers with those type of requests? Yes, we are. I mean, I think everybody is very conscious about the environment these days and everybody wants to be environmentally friendly. They want to be greener. Um, You know, they they want to have their yacht, but they want to make sure that it is as efficient as possible and as environmentally friendly as possible. So um, all those things really matter. And we have a big new construction department here at Burgess with a team of naval architects and engineers and project managers. And, you know, when we're designing these these very large new yachts, you know, efficiency and the environment is very much at the forefront of all the discussions that we're having. And what are some of the more in-demand amenities that super yacht buyers are looking for these days? Um, in terms of amenities, I think, you know, the beach club is, is, the, is the new thing. Um, yeah, it used to be the the top deck, it used to be communication. Um, and then it was sort of, you know, what what water sports toys do you carry? But right now it's all about the beach club, which is at the back end of the vessel and how big is the beach club and how 
practical is it? Um, and people live down there. It's very interesting. Top decks seem to have, you know, been passed by, and it's now all about the back end of the boat. And Burgess revealed in a recent article that about 65% of your target market make their wealth through self-made means, 24% through a combination of inheritance and self-made means, and only about 11% of its target audience making their wealth from inheritance. I would imagine many of these self-made ultra high net worth customers are probably younger potential super yacht clients who have made their money in either crypto or tech. Do yeah. you usually pair up younger brokers with the next generation of yacht owners? Well, it's interesting. Um, so, you know, our business is, it, it is about yachts, but it's much more about relationships with clients than it is about the yacht itself. I mean, you know, you always, if you get on an airplane, you expect the pilot to be able to fly the plane. And I think in our business, you know, if you're, if you're a yacht broker, then you expect the yacht broker to know his business and, be able to conduct a transaction but it's more about you know the relationship with the client and getting the client's trust and you know we're very much a Burgess in in the long in the long game as opposed to the short game and it's about selling you know our clients the right boat at the right price as opposed to the wrong boat at the wrong price and doing it's not about one deal it's about the, the long-term relationship and so with the with the younger clients, um, we, well, with all clients, not just the younger ones, but with all clients, we absolutely do want to match up the broker with the client. And you know, that could be because of age, that could be because of interests. It might be because they are logistically, you know, in, in the same area um, in California or whatever. But it's very, very important um, that you, you know, you try to strike a good balance with the relationship between between the client and, and the broker. And that, that is all important. And if you feel that it's not quite right, and sometimes we have that, you know, where we're managing a boat or we have a boat for charter and the client is just a little bit uneasy about the, the person who's handling it, we would swap them out straight away because, you know, we've learned the hard way that, you know, if someone has a few doubts, then we're better off to... And do younger super yacht buyers have different requirements? Um, they do. I think I think their requirements are generally, you know, we, we've gone through a very fascinating stage of, you know, the Middle East, the Gulf, Russia, um, and to a certain extent, America, I suppose, you know, with, with what I would call the mega yachts, yachts of, you know, over 90 meters, over 100 meters. And it's been a fascinating business to be in. But I think the younger generation are um, looking for something that is, you know, more practical and possibly um, more interesting. So, you know, if you think of if you think of a young person living in New York City, um, they're probably not going to be buying a large house in in the Hamptons or in Greenwich, Connecticut, and driving a Rolls Royce Phantom there more likely to be living in a very cool loft apartment downtown and have some cool car that they drive around in. Um, and I think the same with our younger clients, you know, they, they don't want a hundred meter super yacht right now that they would like a 45 meter, very cool boat, you know, to, to experience I'm going to see for the first time or possibly more of a sort of what I would call more of a Land Rover. You know, a boat that is um, built for 
long distance cruising and exploring and going off the beaten track. And quite a few of our younger clients are more adventurous than the old, old school clients. Buying or chartering a super yacht with cryptocurrency is increasingly becoming an option as many companies are offering alternative payment options for clients. Does Burgess accept cryptocurrency payment yet? Um, to be honest, the, the answer to that question right now is no. But we have a whole team looking at the possibility of trying to sort of see how practical that can be um, going forward. So, you know, I'm sure it is something that we will be doing in the future, but we're not doing it right now this minute. It seems chartering a yacht has become very popular among A-list celebrities and other high net worth individuals. I would imagine the pandemic also accelerated the global charter fleet as well. How did your charter business do last year? Our charter business in 2020, um, sort of, as, as I said at the beginning, it sort of fell off the edge of a cliff. And we, we do something like 800 charters a year. Um, we actually managed to do 300 in 2020. Last year, we were back up around the 800 number. And um, 2021 was our, uh, it wasn't quite our best year, but it was our second to best year last year. And I think this year has all the hallmarks of being our best year ever. And if I'm a customer who has never chartered a yacht before, Burgess can consult me on choosing the right vessel, the right crew, the right destination, yeah. things like that, right? I mean, what is very important is to, is to get the match right, to get the fit right. You know, the, there's nothing worse than putting a client on a boat with the wrong crew who, who, where there's no chemistry um, or, or on a boat that doesn't fit the client's requirements. You're better off to actually say to the client, you know what, um, yeah, we just don't have anything that we feel is going to be suitable for you right now. But here are six boats that we think you will absolutely adore when you get on board. They're all booked or, or they're all being used by the owners at the moment. Um, you know, why don't you sort of book one up for next year and, and maybe take a, a land-based vacation this year? Don't, don't just try and book them on anything that's available. So the consulting process is, is fairly lengthy, I would imagine. Yes, it is. It, it absolutely is. And you know, we, our brokers, you know, we pride ourselves. We, we will never charter a yacht to a client that we have never been on board or, or where we don't know the crew. You know, the matching is, as I say, extremely important. The chemistry, the chemistry is critical to the long-term enjoyment for the client. If, if the client has a bad experience, he will never come back to yachting. But if they have a great experience, then you know, they could be clients for life. So aside from having in-depth knowledge of new vessels and the existing market, what makes a great super yacht broker? Um, funny enough, I was with a client this morning and he was asking me exactly that question. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, be, being a people person, being able to read people, being able to think on your feet quickly, being personable, professional, fam familiar, but not overly familiar. And some clients want you to be very familiar, other clients don't. Um, being very persistent, never taking no for an answer. And, you know, there are so many times when clients have said to me, you know what, I'm out of the market. I'm not going to buy a yacht. I'm going to put my money into property. And you get on a plane and you fly to Sydney in Australia and you book into a hotel and you phone the client up and say, you know, guess what, um, Jack, you know, I'm, I'm here in Sydney and could, could we meet for a coffee? And you meet for a coffee and you end up selling them a boat. You know, never take no for an answer. 
And you've got to be very tenacious. Um, you've got to be very streetwise and, um, and very hardworking. How important is it for them to know things like crew management, engineering, maritime law, things like that? I think uh, it's, it's very important to have a good grounding on all of those things. Um, we have, at Burgess, we have different departments specializing in crews, specializing in yacht management. We have an insurance division. Um, and it's impossible to know everything about everything. So what we would tend to do is, you know, having sort of met the client and consulted with them and started looking around at, at yachts for sale, you know, we would say, you know, we can introduce you to our insurance division or to, to our yacht man, the head of our yacht management department. Shall we get him to come along, you know, to the next visit and he can sit with you and tell, tell you exactly the way it's done. Um, you know, I've been in the business 41 years and somebody said to me, you know, you must know everything about everything, but, you know, there are many, many things that I don't know. And it, it always surprises me. You know, I, I always say I probably don't know very much yet. Super Yachts has generated a lot of media attention in the last couple of years with COVID-19 accelerating super yacht ownership as wealthy owners sought safe and secure private experience on the high seas, you know, A-listers like Bezos and David Geffen and others. Yes. And most recently, it's been super yachts being seized from Russian oligarchs by the authorities around the world. Russia, which supposedly makes up 9% of the total super yacht market, has been abruptly sidelined by the West's unprecedented economic sanctions yeah. over the invasion of Ukraine. How has this impacted your business? Well, 15 to 20% of our business um, has been Russian business. Um, so it has had an impact on our business. You know, we, we manage yachts for Russians. We charter yachts to Russians. We charter yachts owned by Russians um, to Americans or Australians, Europeans. So... To answer your question, it's, it's, it's had an effect on our business, but, you know, we're managing our way through it carefully. Um, we have always, as a business, tried to do things absolutely by the book. So we, you know, we're not fearful about any authorities coming in and, and um, questioning the conduct of our business, but it certainly had an effect on our business and it's creating a lot of extra workload at the moment for, what, for, for which we're not being paid. You know, as, as an example of that, you know, we've got a lot of Russian charter bookings and those people have paid 50% deposits to charter those, these boats, right. which are owned by Americans or Europeans, but they can't pay the other 50%. So we're having to negotiate our way out or try to negotiate our way out of some of those charters and then to rebook the boat to somebody else. So between rising inflation, the war in Ukraine, surging fuel costs, and a massively volatile stock market, what have you observed about the super yacht market in the last several months from both a buyer's and seller's side? I think we're seeing a, you know, we're certainly seeing a slowdown of the sort of feed. It was almost like a feeding frenzy during 2021. And it was a very exciting time, you know, for the industry as a whole and for us as a business. We've certainly seen the frenzy calming down. And I think people are beginning to be a little bit more careful and selective about, you know, the way they're spending their money and taking more time to do it. But having said that, you know, the market is holding up remarkably well at the moment. If there is a big downturn and, you know, this is what happens, you know, in life, there will be, you know, 
there will be a, a, a downturn in, in, in the market. And, you know, we will see some people having to sell, I suppose. And that is not necessarily a bad thing for us as a business right. either. So my final question, Jonathan, is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests. So if you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one single luxury item with you, what would that luxury item be? It can't be any form of air transportation. And naturally, it can't be any form of water transportation. So no yachts um, or anything that requires mobile service. So you can't call somebody to pick you up. It's just you, lots of sand, palm trees, lots of water, ocean. What would that one single luxury item you would like to have with you? If, if I'm, am I on my own? <laughs> you're on, you're on your own. I'm on my own. Okay. Well, the one, I mean, I, I would say the one luxury item I would like to have is my family with me because I'll count. The, I'll let that go. I'll, I'll let okay. it, I let the family be one item. Okay. There we go. So <laughs> I would like to have my family with me and, you know, wherever we are, you know, I travel the world. I travel every week and I'm away from my family a lot, but you know, whenever we're together, we always, manage to have a good time and sometimes we're on super yachts and sometimes we're you know on a 30 foot boat on the you know we always have a great time wherever we are together so that's what i would say i'd like my family with me good answer jonathan beckett ceo of burgess yachts thank you so much for joining me on the luxury item thank you scott it's been a great pleasure that's it for this episode of the luxury item podcast Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.